There's no better time to become a member of the DSR network. Later this month, we'll be announcing a major media partnership to our ever-expanding lineup of podcasts, bringing you even more insight and analysis than ever before. Members enjoy an ad-free listening experience, bonus content for virtually all of our shows, an invitation to the member-only Slack community, an evening newsletter recapping the day's top stories, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of October, you can take 50% off the membership price for the first month. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code SPOOKY at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code SPOOKY. Thank you very much for your support. Hello and welcome to the DSR Daily, our look at news stories from around the world and what they may mean to you. I'm David Rothkopf, one of your co-hosts, joined today as ever by uh, Chris Cottmore. How are you doing this morning, Chris? Doing well, thanks. Uh, and Riley Fessler. How are you today, Riley? Okay, Chris, first story up. First story is there was a mass shooting in Lewiston, Maine uh, last night. There's a suspect on the loose um, who apparently had mental health issues, which I'll get to in a second. Significance of this event, obviously, aside from the massive tragedy, uh, as Shannon Watts pointed out on Twitter, more people died in that shooting um, than in the entire last year. I raised the mental health piece because Republicans have long said that the issue with gun violence is related to mental health, um, <clears throat> and only mental health, have been unwilling to do anything about this. Um, but as Shannon Watts also pointed out, if you haven't experienced gun violence in your community, if it can happen in Maine, it can happen anywhere. I have two kids. I drop them off at school every day uh, in the hopes that they're in a safe uh, environment. Um, but these incidents continue to happen, and it's just time to do something about it. I know how you feel, David, about guns and your position on, on guns, that nobody should have guns, but this is getting well, insane. My, my, my view is, is, is extreme. I will acknowledge that. But nobody is safe in a society with 400 million guns. Um, and uh, more and more. Once again, this was somebody who used an AR-15 uh, assault-style weapon, uh, was able to fire many, many rounds uh, very uh, accurately, made uh, even more deadly by the fact that he had military training, was in fact a firearms instructor. Um, uh, and uh, it is made all the more chilling um, by a story we will get to in a moment, which is that the new Speaker of the House is part of a big movement within the Republican Party, long-established movement, um, that believes that there should be no infringement of any sort on people's ability to have whatever weapons they want in their homes to carry them publicly, to use them in any way. Um, and frankly, it's just time after time after time we see these tragedies. Um, and the rest of the world looks at us and uh, sees us as absolutely out of our minds. Uh, and there are no societies in the world that uh, 
give each and every individual the capacity for the kind of violence um, uh, and destruction that we do in the United States. I think it's a national psychosis. Riley. Yep. So the race to find a new speaker is over. Um, the Republicans unanimously got behind Mike Johnson from Louisiana. And we talked a little bit yesterday about, about this guy, but our friend of the show, Lori Garrett, has a great uh, thread on Twitter explaining all the reasons to be extremely nervous about having Mike Johnson as the speaker. Some of the highlights, he's virulently anti-gay. He's opposed legislation giving legal rights to gay couples. He is very much anti-abortion, anti-choice. He said he wants to get the number of abortions in the country down to zero. He opposes further funding the Ukraine. Um, there was an interesting quote from Hakeem Jeffries where he said that Mike Johnson, quote, has a very pleasant demeanor, but his voting record is as extreme as the most extreme members of their conference. Um, and then actually Matt Gates, I think, summarized it best, which once again demonstrates that a broken clock is right twice a day, where he said, Quote, if you don't think that moving from Kevin McCarthy to MAGA Mike Johnson shows the ascendance of this movement and where the power in this Republican Party truly lies, then you're not paying attention. Uh, we talked about it yesterday on our uh, main podcast with uh, Ed Luce and Rosa Brooks and uh, Alon Pincus, uh, because he's uh, part of a movement uh, that is, 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 is extreme. He, he considers his, his work as a lawyer prior to joining the government to be part of his legal ministry. Uh, everything that he does is infused with his sense of what the Bible, um, uh, in his view, uh, uh, guides him to do uh, as a leader. He, 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 he sees his ascendancy to the speakership as part of that. Uh, and while anybody in this country should be able to have whatever views they want, uh, uh, you know, I'm sort of with uh, Thomas Jefferson here and in that people's uh, relationship with the higher power ought to be the part of their private business and not to be legislative into the uh, laws of the society uh, imposing one group's views on everybody. Um, uh, so there's a lot to worry about here. If you want some good news, it's that the House Republican caucus is highly dysfunctional, as we have seen. It has a very slim majority. That majority is likely to get slimmer when they expel George Santos, as they almost inevitably must in, in, in the not-too-distant future. Um, and, of course, the Senate is controlled by the Democrats and the White House is controlled by the Democrats. So however crazy this lunatic is, uh, however uh, uh, much further right his, his ascendancy suggests we have drifted, uh, there are... Uh, checks and balances on his power, and that's a good thing. Chris? Uh, several developments in the Israel-Gaza war. Um, the first is the Israeli military uh, entered Gaza briefly um, in sort of in front of what appears to be the looming uh, ground incursion. Um, you know, we'll have to kind of see how things play out. I'm a little encouraged that it hasn't happened yet, but it seems inevitable at this point. The second is the United Nations has warned uh, that 
Gaza's on the verge of running out of fuel. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, that's, that's a big issue looming for citizens. Um, the next two pieces, uh, the first is Vladimir Putin came out with a statement saying that Israel's war in Gaza could spread well beyond the Middle East, saying it was wrong that innocent women, children, and old people uh, in the Palestinian enclave are being punished for other people's crimes. Um, pretty rich coming from, from President Putin. And then additional comments from uh, Erdogan. Uh, where he essentially told the head of the Catholic Church that Israel's attacks on Gaza have reached the level of a massacre and that the international community silence was a shame for humanity. Um, I'm not sure who he's referring to in terms of silence. I think people have been pretty outspoken about, you know, what's happening in, in Israel. Um, but, you know, we continue to watch all the events unfold and we'll continue to report each and every day uh, as developments happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, when they talk about a fuel uh, shortage in uh, Gaza, it should be noted that uh, uh, it is estimated that Hamas has hundreds of thousands of gallons of fuel that had uh, uh, stolen from other sources, which it uses or intends to use uh, to advance its terrorist goals. So um, while uh, I, I it is undoubtedly true that the world should do what it can to try to get uh, fuel, just like fuel and water, into Gaza. Um, uh, one of the reasons it's not available in those hospitals is that it has been siphoned off uh, by this dysfunctional terrorist group that has been in control of uh, uh, the Gaza territory for some time now. Riley. Yes, so news from Russia. Um, they conducted a massive retaliatory nuclear strike drill. Um, and Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu actually appeared on TV to brief Putin and the public about these drills and said that the purpose was to practice, quote, dealing a massive nuclear strike with strategic offensive forces in response to a nuclear strike by the enemy. Um, and the exercise involved a test launch of missiles from a silo, nuclear submarine, and from long-range bombers. So the drill came actually just hours after the upper house of parliament voted to revoke the ratification of the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty, which I encourage everyone to tune into last week's We're All Gonna Die Radio, our Friday show, where we discuss this issue in in depth, if you want a bit more of a background on this. So just more saber-rattling from Russia, uh, pretty clear escalation. Uh, yeah, and the report from uh, the U.S. Department of Defense uh, that just came out, uh, has indicated that China has launched its first nuclear-powered guided missile submarines. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, the uh, concerns that we have and that we talk about each and every week on the show that I do with John Wolfstall um, uh, about nuclear arms race uh, need to be seen in a new light. There is a three-way competition to be major nuclear superpowers, uh, and a, a three-way capability uh, to inflict essentially global destruction, uh, and that's you know disturbing. Uh, that I don't like the trend of these these stories here, Chris. Are, are 
you have something that's going to lift us up any further or no? Perhaps uh, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi will be visiting Washington today for meetings with Secretary of State uh, Antony Blinken and <clears throat> National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan um, ahead of a potential meeting. At least it's been reported by Bloomberg Politics that President Biden will also meet with um, with Wang Yi. Uh, there's certainly a lot to discuss. Um, one of the outc- one of the outcomes I think China is hoping for is a reduction in support of the U.S. for Taiwan, um, which is obviously not something that's going to happen. Um, a relaxation of export controls for U.S. technologies, among other things, um, and you know the U.S. will attempt to sway. Um, China in terms of, uh, you know, stabilization ahead of a meeting with President uh, Xi Jinping in November with President Biden. Um, So certainly encouraging getting Wang Yi here is half the battle or more than half the battle. And the discussions, you know, that and the outcomes are obviously to be seen. So, yeah, no, no, no doubt. Uh, any com- communication is is a positive step, uh, and it will be followed, as we said yesterday, with a meeting likely between uh, President Biden and Xi Jinping. Uh, and uh, it, it's it does seem to be indicative of an effort by uh, both uh, both sides to tone things down a bit in terms of tension. Uh, would would just add as a footnote to all this that uh, last night the White House held one of its very few state dinners. Uh, in this case, for the Australian Prime Minister, um, 300 people attended. Uh, but given the state of the world, um, uh, uh, the event uh, was more muted than usual. They had originally intended to have the B-52s um, as the entertainment, um, uh, 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 which may seem a bit out of date, but you know, it seemed like a kind of lively touch. Uh, but they... Uh, canceled that and instead had military bands providing the music for Riley. Yeah. So my final story, um, hurricane Otis made landfall in, in Mexico yesterday. And it pretty much surprised everyone, including scientists, because it was originally projected to be a tropical storm, but over doubled in strength in just 12 hours, which is unprecedented um, for hurricanes. The definition of rapid intensification is growing 35 miles per hour in terms of wind speed in 24 hours. Otis went from 70 miles per hour to 160 in 12 hours. So really remarkable growth and strength. So it made landfall as a Category 5 hurricane and knocked out all communications in Acapulco. So just caught everyone there off guard. And it's part of a growing trend of hurricanes growing in strength more quickly in recent decades, um, according to scientists. Even more striking about that, it's the first such hurricane to ever hit the Pacific coast of North America or South America or Central America. Um, this is this is a brand new phenomenon. None of the, this is, the, the Atlantic coasts have seen this kind of thing. The Pacific coasts have never seen it. Um, if, if you don't, and, and by the way, there was simultaneously a massive storm, uh, 
um, uh, uh, on the uh, uh, Arabian Peninsula, also uh, of unprecedented strength. Uh, this is the year of extreme weather, uh, but it will not be the last year of extreme weather. We can certainly expect more of this. It's one of the reasons we've uh, decided to focus on presenting this series, The Road to COP28, which we will have uh, new episodes up every week between now and this big climate summit that's going to take place uh, in December. We're pulling together all the, literally, uh, the, the all-star team of the best um, climate experts in the world for these uh, events. Uh, and strongly encourage you to listen, because we've just talked about a lot of disturbing trends in the world today, but the inability to live on the planet has got to be seen as number one in that list. Uh, and uh, our inability to come to grips with what we have to do to uh, reverse some of these uh, disturbing trends um, has to be seen as as a kind of form of global political dysfunction that needs to be addressed. Uh, we have some expert views on how that can be done. So go to the Road to COP28 special series that we've got uh, and keep following everything else that we've got because each and every one of these stories will be pre- ad- addressed in some way on a DSR podcast in the days ahead where it has been addressed in, 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 in recent days. Um, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back again with you tomorrow. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>